Welcome to the Friday Night Inner Space Talk. Our topic tonight is Open Yourself to Abundance. Do you feel there's never enough of anything? Not enough time, opportunities, resources. Well, if you've ever thought that, maybe not for long periods, but even for a moment, you're in the right place today. We've asked our speaker to explore with us what it means to remove um, abundant blocks, blocks that call, that stop us feeling abundant, how to fully open ourselves up to abundance and open the door to possibilities, uh, prosperity and a sense of plenty. Our speaker is Linda Lee. Linda has uh, been coordinating the Brahma Kumaris in activities in Brighton for nearly 40 years. She also organizes meditation events throughout Sussex. Uh, Linda, over to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Artie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a very, very beautiful topic. Uh, abundance. And um, before I <clears throat> started on this spiritual journey, I was very much into astrology. I found astrology was one of the, uh, well, the, 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 the closest thing I had come to in terms of truth, uh, in terms of understanding myself, in understanding relationships. And... <clears throat> One of the, my favorite planets in astrology is, is Jupiter. And Jupiter is, to me, is the symbol of, of abundance, of having more than enough of everything. So when we look at abundance, I, I wanted to just look at um, in terms of what we want to be abundant of. Because there's lots of there, well, there used to be lots of programs in um, creating sort of like mantras and, and, and vision boards and putting up pictures of what you wanted and really focusing on that and uh, drawing that object, that relationship, that person towards you through a lot of uh, thinking and meditating and whatever. Um, <clears throat> And that might be something that, that you have, you've actually gone through and you've actually acquired something through that method. But when I'm talking about abundance, I'm talking about really what's, what's in your heart. Because I, I feel this is, this is where we're at in terms of global society, is we, we're, we're being forced to look at what's in our heart. Um, and as I was sharing with, with, with Artie, we, we don't actually ever get taught to do that. We cover up our heart probably from the first time we have a relationship with someone who, who breaks our heart, who lets us down, who doesn't fulfill our needs and desires. So it, it, I think we, we um, from then on, I think our heart starts to close when, when we were talking about uh, children, and I was talking about grandchildren, uh, when, when I look at the grand, uh, my granddaughter, 
when I look at her, she she operates only from her heart. She she doesn't have the ability to to logically think things through in terms of should I say this, should I do that. She just completely works from her heart. And that's something that I think all, all of us adults really are drawn to, in fact, in, in, in relation to children, because whenever a child, like my grandchildren came to um, the Lighthouse Retreat Center in Worthing, and there were quite a lot of people there. And she was, um, you know, everybody wanted to see her, everybody wanted to talk to her. Everybody wanted to watch her and listen. To, I mean, of course, she loved it. She she likes all children like to perform and they like to be center of attention. But you know, she she wasn't coming from that space that I I want to be center of attention. And and everybody was really attracted by the innocence. And and of course, she's in a very small little body, and um, that's also very attractive and that sense of purity. But she, she operates just totally from her heart. But as we go through life, we, we kind of lose that, that sort of sense of innocence, that sense of simplicity. And we, uh, when we go through our sort of, I don't know, when it starts, maybe when it, we get to about 10 or something like that, 11, 12, our ego starts to develop and the sense of, I know there's a sense of I-ness when we are smaller, but this sense of inferiority, comparison, um, you know, the, these kind of qualities emerge as we're going through our teens and, and there's a bit of insecurity of not knowing really who you are because you're identifying quite well, obviously with form because that's the only thing you can, you can identify with. You don't, you're not taught anything else other than you are what you see in the mirror. And so then, um, you know, this, this builds up a completely wrong picture. And, and I feel that, th that this, all of these qualities, these qualities of simplicity and generosity and sweetness and kindness and innocence, and they're, they're all connected with the heart. They're all connected with, with love. They are all actually love in action. So abundance, you know, when I, I wanted to start, my sharing really with with um, when I first started in on this this spiritual journey, and I was the only mother oh, that was around in in those early days, and because you're a mother, you are presumed that you know how to cook. Well, I I I didn't know how to cook, and I liked cooking, and so I got the job to to cook, and I had never really cooked for more than six people in my whole life six people, maybe eight. Uh, and then I was presented well with, um, you know, you're preparing a meal for 30 people, 40 people. And um, I had absolutely no idea what, what proportions to, to use or how to, how I knew how to cook it, but I didn't know what proportions. <laughs> and I remember the very first meal I bought cooked, I can't remember what, what it was, but I know it had mushrooms in it. And I had bought, I think it was, anyway, I can't remember the number. It wasn't huge, but it was more than six. And I had bought four boxes, big boxes of mushrooms. You know, they came with those, those little bio baskets. I bought four of these. And, and I remember somebody saying to me, you know, oh, how many people are you, are you cooking for? 
and uh, uh, you know I had I had no idea and then and then somebody else came into the kitchen much later when I was cooking and they said oh you must have done this hundreds of times <laughs> and I thought it's amazing isn't it I never done it before but because my heart was was in it and because I wanted to do it and I wanted everybody to have enough then I had actually purchased far too much and I don't know how long we ate mushrooms for but anyway <laughs> and I remember the second time just that I was on a cooking spree just because it's quite funny um I had to cook for I think 120 people were coming to a conference and I um and uh and I and it was only a one-day conference and I was only, only cooking lunch and uh I thought well I cook something Indian because uh, Daddy Jenki was coming and I thought I'll cook something Indian I have uh, you know I don't know anything about spices and how to mix them but anyway my heart was in it I wanted to cook it for my heart and anyway, I went to the um, the store to buy beans. And anyway, I, I soaked these beans. I soaked them for four days, four, four days before I cooked them. And, and they were in buckets like, um, like you get for, um, they're like oil drums. There must have been, I don't know how many liters of oil, great big. And I had four of them. And when, the, uh, when somebody came down from London, she was coming to help me. She, she 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 couldn't believe that I'd I'd first of all been soaking them for four days they were all fermenting on the top well it was all fermenting the water and uh she couldn't believe how many uh, how many beans that I prepared just for so you know I and then I I started to think well why did I do that and it it, it actually is because I wanted everybody to have enough and and because I didn't um, know how the proportions, I didn't know proportions, so I just went for the biggest number uh, rather than not have enough. And and the third the third cooking scenario I wanted to to, to to share with you is that this was quite a long time afterwards, and I was quite quite comfortable about cooking for, for numbers that that sort of numbers. Um, and I cook, I cook, I was asked to, to cook something for, we had um, a, inaugurating Global Corporation House in London. And uh, I don't, and they, and they were, the, all the guests, which were quite a lot of our senior teachers were coming to down south to us, to the seaside for a day out. And they asked us to prepare lunch and uh, which, which we did. And that was supposed to be, I don't know how many were supposed to be, say, say it was about 80 people were supposed to come and actually 160 people came. And I wasn't in the kitchen where I'd cooked it. We, we cooked the food and we had to take it to the, the venue and there was no way that any more food could be cooked. And, it, and that again, uh, whatever the, the the quantities that I cooked, because uh, there was always more than enough, but there wasn't actually, you know, I hadn't doubled the the amount. But but that um, that program, I got to eat one quarter of a one quarter of a nectarine. That's all that was left for me to eat, and I was so happy and so so happy you know that we had fed everybody and, and they didn't have a huge plate for and they didn't you know they didn't well probably didn't feel like really full up after they'd eaten it but there was enough to go around everybody and that that taught me trust you know that you 
you take on you take on a situation and you share from your heart and and you just trust and it and it, it felt like uh, Jesus's story with the five loaves and three fishes or the five fishes and three loaves that story that you know there was that's all he had and yet fed everybody and that that reminded me of that so I think abundance is a, is a kind of connected with an attitude of um, of and a consciousness of 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 just wanting of just wanting enough for everybody uh, I have a somebody um, who I was speaking to the other day and they were saying that they 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 never feel like they have enough money they never feel like they have enough money and so they were saying to me that you know I, I can't actually give much because I I don't I don't feel I have enough and, and I thought that was quite an interesting concept because I I never have a, a lot of money I've never had a lot of money I don't I didn't go in for a career. Uh, I became a mother quite young and I, I didn't work for the first four or five years um, until he went to school. Uh, so I've never been somebody that's had huge amounts, but I've always had enough. And so because this topic comes up, you, you start to think, well, how did I always have enough? And one of the things that I think has always been part of my nature is, is simplicity, that I live a quite a simple life. And, and you know, I was, I was born in a time where if you don't, if you don't, you can't afford something, you don't have it. So that, that was still quite part of the attitude towards, um, towards life, that you didn't kind of buy things that you you know well there wasn't any way of having credit so you you if you didn't have enough money you couldn't you couldn't have it the only thing that you could have is a, is a house I think you could buy that um, on a mortgage but otherwise you you saved up for it and I think there's something in that to actually save save up and and for something that you 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 want and then actually purchase it and and then you have a, a lot more value for for that which you've you've spent time and energy um, earning uh, to acquire. Whereas now, I mean, I'm also one of the people that live in this generation that you you know you can go shopping and you can buy a hundred pounds worth of food and then you pay for it about four weeks later. So we live in that kind of that kind of world now where our attitude towards things is that I can have them now, but pay for them later. And I think this, this actually, very subtly, it does something to our heart. It enables our heart to shrink, or it makes our heart shrink. Um, and, it, and, it, and then we have expectations that, you know, why haven't I got this? And why haven't I got that? I mean, when I was a, um, a mother and, um, in, and then I split up from the person that I lived with. Then I had to, I was a single parent. So then I had to um, rely on the state for some, for some time to, to support me. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't run a car. I didn't smoke, smoke any cigarettes. I didn't go drinking alcohol. I, those kind of things I didn't have enough money for. So I... You know, I didn't get into debt 
with that. So I think something about simplicity has a connection, a deep connection with abundance. That when we um, when we live as a, a, a very simple lifestyle, then there's there's always enough. And I and I felt that even through lockdown, because I I liked I liked to walk, but I also like to travel places to go for walks. And uh, and I and like everyone, we haven't travelled. We haven't uh, travelled. And so I found that you know the pennies have have uh, accumulated in the bank more than I. Um, well, I suppose I must have spent that, that money on flights, but it seems like an abundance. I've got an abundance of money in the bank, which I never had, uh, which I never had before. So, and then you think, well, what to do with that abundance of money? You know, what, how can you use it to, to, to make life worthwhile? And, and, and then that, that's, that's my story. And this other person who's in a kind of similar situation it's always never got enough um and i think well what is the difference between the two of us is is that i always think that there's more than enough or there is enough and this other person has a completely different attitude so it must be the way that we live our lives because um i live very simply and i think that that's very helpful so, yeah, I think abundance is connected with um, with many many virtues. Actually, uh, generosity is another um, another quality which I feel that's also. I mean, it's an expression of love, generosity, and and in the in the early days, you know, when I wanted to um, be more of a a spiritual person um, in this in this organization that uh, my service field was cooking and so you know that 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 opened the door to this particular virtue which must have been there in the first place it doesn't didn't and they don't grow on trees so but but when you get to use a particular virtue then you start to see it growing and the more that you see it growing, then the more you trust it. And the more you start to trust it, the more you start to believe. And then you start to see how much energy and power it actually has. So, you know, it's, it's a kind of journey that you have to share it first in order to, to, to notice it. And then when you've noticed it, and, and this is the thing, other people, other people say these things to you and you and then you like like I was sharing with Artie you know people used to say that I was very light you're always very light and I and I used to wonder well what do they mean by that what does what does that mean what are they seeing that that um they can make such a statement about me because inside me was a different me to what people were seeing so so I, I started to, to look at it. What, what was, how was I demonstrating lightness? And so this, I'm sharing this because this was part of the journey. So uh, opening yourself to abundance, which is the topic, first of all, it's connected with your heart, but we don't know what's in our heart till we start 
or we have an opportunity to share it. And that was my fortune. I had an opportunity to share it, first of all, through cooking. I mean, I was just a cook. That, that wasn't, it's not like you were anything, but without a cook, you know, I mean, you get lots of blessings being a cook because people love to eat. So, but, but, but when you start to, to do cooking from your heart, or you start to do anything that you, you really like doing and you do it from your heart, that opens the door to lots of other specialities, virtues, qualities that maybe you hadn't seen before. So I, I feel that, I mean, I don't know if this is something that, um, uh, you know, everybody goes through, but, but I had not experienced any of those things until I, I got to, um, until I came across the Brahma Kumaris. And so, you know, that those doors of opportunity have never stopped opening. And so, you know, from, from one thing to another thing, you start to see that generosity is, is shown in many ways, not just through food. It's showed through time. It's showed through um, in your relationships. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your, your patience. You're generous with your kindness. You're generous with your honesty. You know, it's like you. It goes on and on and on. They're they're all so interrelated and so connected. So if we get opportunities to do something that's for for others, not just for yourself, I think that's the key for it, isn't it? So I think that's also very much connected with a mother because because mothers you, again when you you become a mother you don't actually go to school to learn how to be a mother you 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 have a child and then you have to learn how to be a mother or a father for that matter I've never been a father I've only been a mother but you you learn it on the job and so what what I learned when I was a mother was that uh, I'm still a mother, of course, but when I was a mother, acting as a mother, is that the child comes first. And so whether you're tired, you're hungry, um, you're exhausted, whether you're uh, fed up, whatever, that the child comes first. And so you have to give something. And if you don't give something at the time when it's needed, then you end up with so many more complications that um, so it, it, this again comes from the heart so if you don't have something in your heart to share then it doesn't work so abundance is about looking inside and and i shared that with 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 archie there that um you know, every opportunity that you get to be able to go inside yourself and just be with yourself and experience yourself as you really are without all the ego, without all the chatter, without just to go into that place of stillness and just appreciate how beautiful it is to be in that space of stillness. This helps to reinforce your faith, your trust. Because you're, it's based on experience, not just on theory. 
so we start off with theory and we start off with hoping that the theory is right but as we 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 practice we 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 meditate we connect with ourselves we when we connect with ourselves we already open up to a higher sense of 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 light of power of love and we allow that love to to again go go into the soul into the, i mean i keep pointing to my heart but actually i don't really mean my physical heart i mean the heart of the soul the center of the soul and and just allowing uh that to that which is in the center to to emerge and come to the surface and sometimes things come to the surface which are not quite so um beautiful but they come to the surface to for you to say uh om shanti and uh, farewell and to to let go of and then when you do that then it's like there's more space inside you for more of this to emerge so abundance i just love that picture because i don't know if if any of you can relate to that but just being out in that not to see a house or or a person and just like wow you know this is this is it there's just nothing but me and space i'm out in in nature which is just being who it is with no pretense no ego no arrogance just being and that really makes you feel incredibly alive so i feel that to open yourself to abundance because uh, i don't know quite what it feels like to be closed to abundance i can't think of a time when i've really from my heart not wanted to give anything um i can't think of anything off the top of my head or maybe there there is some but maybe i've deleted it along the along the along the way but but um you know there's there's this wealth of 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 beauty that's inside that that needs to be connected with in order for it to emerge to the surface so that i can see it and others can experience it so it is in there but stillness you have to go into that space of stillness i feel you you can't do it theoretically it has to be through experience i feel anyway i mean that there i don't spend an awful lot of time thinking um because i i much i in fact i spent a lot more time practicing not thinking than or being in a state of not thinking or not thinking too much rather than thinking my way through through life and uh that again opens a door to spontaneity and i i i think that's uh, also connected with the lady that's got her own her arms out and uh is is spontaneous that what you're feeling deep within is actually mirrored in what you're seeing outside of yourself when you have a scene like that of of just nothing but 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 uh but beauty and 
stillness. This is what nature provides, isn't it? Stillness and beauty and space. And that's all a reflection of ourselves as a spiritual being. And then when we forget that, we look in the mirror and we don't like this and we don't like that and this is no good and I haven't got this and I haven't got that. You know, it, it just absolutely zaps our energy. And maybe this is why people, you know, try to turn to, to recreational things like alcohol or drugs or something to, to try and go beyond that. Whereas meditation and understanding that you're a spiritual being, you're eternal and immortal, and that you, you know, you've been here many times and played many parts and and here you are, where you are, you know, with all this beauty inside that that is never had an opportunity through any kind of education to, to be released. And so I, I feel incredibly grateful and um, I'm very, very appreciative of, I've learned that as well. It's been reinforced in the last sort of seven weeks while I've been uh, nurturing my broken leg that, um, you know, how, how fortunate I've been to be able to um, just have, well, I have no, not lacked for anything. It's just been amazing. I've had everything around me that's been of use. And I feel that's also um, quite connected with, with this thing of abundance that in a time of need, things come back to you. And I've certainly felt that. I've been uh, looked after, I've been cared for physically, spiritually, and mentally. Um, and so that, that, that must be because something has happened to get the return of that. And um, even when I had an operation on this leg, which I broke because I fell down the stairs, um, you know, even the surgeon and the, the whole operating team, the anaesthetist, it was just, it was just such a, a happy event. It was just a, really such a joyful experience. They, they were quite surprised themselves how, how happy I was. So, you know, that's, that, what does happen, where's happiness come from? This is connected with abundance. And, and I felt so happy going down to theater to, um, to the operation that, you know, everybody that I met was also feeling happy. <laughs> and so it was just quite an amazing experience. And, uh, you know, what, what made that happen? Um, so I, I try not to question too much as to try and analyze that, but it was just an amazing event that I, I felt afterwards that would be, you know, I have no, no problems going through that again. That was just really quite easy and it, and it all feels quite surreal the whole the whole series of things so it stopped me doing one thing but it's enabled me to to look at and do other things and 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 one of the things that it showed me is that there are multiple ways to do the same thing and that when you um can achieve one little thing that you you thought you could maybe couldn't do how much joy that that brings and and and, and that's kind of reminded me of my 
granddaughter who says, look at me, grandma, because like I can do a cartwheel or I can, you know, run up a hill or something like that, which I didn't think I could do. And that's that's kind of what it, it's brought to me, this kind of childlike simplicity. And um, yeah, now I, I think we're, we're, we're here to enjoy life now, not to take from life, but to, to give something back. When, when, when I go for a walk, when I am out in that nature, I like to, to, to walk in nature in that stillness so that, that the energy that I am connecting myself with is, is touching all the trees and the birds and all the worms and, and, and everything of nature, all the creatures that are out there. And that's really all they want. Um, it's because of our violence and our greed and our grumpiness and all of these things that nature is like responding in the way that it is. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a most beautiful topic to, to be abundant and, uh, and to have that sense of not lacking anything. So um, I feel greatly, greatly fortunate for all of those things that have happened. So I will just come back to kind of just reiterate that all of this is connected with the heart. And maybe just a last little story I wanted to share with you because one of my dear friends um, departed from his physical body uh, a few 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 weeks ago actually and um, I, I, had, I had broken my leg and I was in hospital and I couldn't go to see and this, this friend and they were um, obviously they, they had cancer and they were uh, deteriorating physically and I, and I really wanted to go and anyway he, he was still there when I came out of hospital and um, and I had a wheelchair and, and I persuaded somebody that was going to see him to, to take me. And uh, that's the last time that I, I saw them in their physical body. But it was the most moving, uh, it was the most moving experience. And it, and it actually, it actually made me cry because this person was um, very outgoing and always a laugh and always fun and, and um, this highlight of the party, always had jokes and very clever, very, um, very confident, very, very, uh, lots of beautiful qualities, very lovely qualities. Uh, but at the end of the day, when it came to his time to move on, all it was about was love. All it was about was love. And all it was about was just holding hands and just exchanging that love from the heart, you know, between two. And we, we, we did that. I was in my wheelchair and it's sort of a bit lower than his bed, actually. He could only just see over the top and, and we held hands and just, he looked at me and I looked at him and he could hardly speak. And I thought, actually, at the end of the day, we live our life and we live it to the fullness and we, we've all given our own freedom of choice of how we live our life. But at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It just comes back to love. And so I find that abundance being connected with 
the heart and for me to increase abundance means to live life very simply very respectfully in terms of of other people of course but but of in terms of of um uh, of the environment and the place and the space that I that I occupy on this journey so my three my three virtues that I would say support abundance are generosity simplicity and trust and maybe they go the other way around maybe they go simplicity generosity and then trust and if we if we can live life with with these activating these qualities then I feel that we'll always be in a state of abundance. So I shall pause there and maybe we just have a meditation now. And um, so because meditation is always to uh, one thing is theory, but the other is experience. So. Let's just take our thoughts within and connect with, we have to go inside, inside, inside the mind. And we have to stay there, inside that mind. We don't need to talk to the mind. We just need to appreciate the stillness that's behind the mind. And if I can get past this minefield of thoughts, and go deeper into this this beautiful space of stillness. Where there's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's never any not enough. Place of fullness and abundance. What's inside is an endless space of stillness. And I need to connect with this stillness on a daily basis. It puts me back in track, on track. It puts me in the right frame of mind. It irons out all my attitudes, my intentions, my feelings, and brings me back to oneness. A sense of oneness with myself and a sense of connection with everything that's natural. A connection with my heart. 
We store many things in our heart. And it's time now to allow them to be released and to let go. And come back to this space of truth, reality, peace, kindness, sweetness, sincerity, all these lovely words sitting in our heart as feelings. And when we share those feelings, we connect with our eternal and immortal self, which is one of abundance. Om Shanti. Thank you, Linda. That was really beautiful. Let me start with the questions that have come in so far. The first question is, hi, Linda. I'm in my late 40s and feel that I don't have enough in life. I have a one bed flat and feel I should be further along in my life, like most people my age are. Friends are married with children and big houses. I feel inadequate and middle-aged. Thanks for your talk. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions? Any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I used to feel like that in comparison and looking that you know at others and thinking that's well that's the kind of norm we're presented with but that's you know people might have houses and and children and relationships but do they have happiness do they have peace I think that they don't actually so I think if you start to I mean I I just can't think of another answer other than uh, meditating and, and understanding who you really are as a spiritual being you know you tap in this is an abundance that's inside and and everybody you know people have have everything there's lots of people on the planet now that not lots like there's more people that have not but there are more people that have billions and billions and billions and yet they don't have happiness, they don't have peace, they don't have love, they don't have authenticity, they don't have real friends and connections. So this is all when we start to connect inside, I, I feel that that's, that's, what brings, that's what brings truth. And so, yeah, I can sit there and, and compare myself with others and they have all this and I don't. But I would suggest you take up <laughs> do the Rajo course and, uh, and, you know, expose yourself to some really good quality meditation. If you're in London, go to Global Corporation House and, or Inner Space Common Garden. 
Yeah, that's what I would do. Thank you. Um, the next question is, how do I release and let go of the things that are stuck in the heart? How did you go about doing it? Uh, I would suggest, because uh, I'm, I, on my hindsight, I would suggest you, you don't worry about what's stuck in your heart. I would suggest you just keep um, going into that space of stillness and allowing love itself to come into your heart. And these things will just, just they will dissolve. I wouldn't focus on how to release something. I would have... I would focus on drawing more peace, drawing more love, drawing more happiness through meditation. I would do that. I would go into that space of being a soul, which it, when you're in that space of stillness, you're automatically connected with the Supreme. And I would let that energy do its work. It's, it's a, the quickest way around that I've found. You can spend all day long trying to get things out of your heart, but if you let that pure energy from the supreme into your heart, then the magic starts to happen, and and it's just like it's never was never there in the first place. It just dissolves. It's quite easy to do it that way around, but the first thing is you have to connect with yourself. You have to go into that space of stillness inside, and then magic starts to happen. Really, that's my experience, anyways. Thank you. Um, Linda, we talked about your leg and how you broke it and how you went through that whole process. Um, but the question is, if you'd broken your leg and it wasn't mended in a way that you could walk, would you feel differently now? Well, and that's a sort of, I'd have to give you um, a theoretical answer because that's not uh, the case. But I feel it's, it's to do with attitude. I, I met a lady uh, just a few weeks ago and she, um, she had had a hip operation and uh, it, hadn't, uh, it hadn't gone according to plan. And um, she was uh, quite cross about it, which is understandable. But if you spend the rest of your life being cross about something that has already happened and you can do nothing about it or maybe you can do something about it but if you're cross about it sometimes you don't do anything about it then uh, I, I think it's connected with attitude so if I couldn't I mean I had had this thought that I, I will walk on this leg so I, I could sit down and say well I'll wait for it to heal and then I'll, I'll get in and do something but actually right from day one I've been doing exercises and I've been massaging it with oil, my leg, with some arnica oil and talking to my leg. And even when I went down to the theater, um, the, the, one of the doctors came around with a, a black flip chart marker and he, he put an arrow on my leg just and I, to, to, to make sure that they operated on the right leg. And I said, give me that pen. And I drew a heart on my kneecap. And he said, why have you done that? And I said, so that when the doctor operates, they know that I love my knee and I love my leg. And so 
you know, when the then when the surgeon came round and they uh, and they looked at it and saw that heart, I said, when you operate on this leg, you remember how much I love it, and that did make a difference. You know, it made a difference. And when she came round the next day, the the one of the doctors, she said, oh. I, I might have, <laughs> we might have washed, we might have washed the art off, she said, because we had to put some iodine or something on your leg. But, you know, she was then not operating on a leg, she was operating on a, on a leg that was connected with a person. And so I think, you know, this, this whole thing is about attitude and had it gone wrong, well, then what could I have done about it? Maybe I can do something to, to put it right. Or maybe I can't, but to be bitter about it, to be angry about it. You know, I might be initially, but I've got to get over that, otherwise it's going to eat me. And then that makes you feel hard and it doesn't, doesn't it's not conducive for a good heart. So yeah, my fortune is that it, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not walking on both of them properly yet, but I will. And that's determination too. That's really lovely. Uh, I love the idea of drawing a heart on your knee and making it clear how much you love it. It's it's not just determination with force, it's determination with love. Mm. That, that's really, um, gosh, that's an eye-opener because we get determined, but then we get we can get a bit narrow in our thinking or focus. But here you've just opened up completely that's lovely. Thank you. Um, next question. There's a saying that there is enough in the world for everyone's needs, but not for every person's greed. What can we change? Uh, what can we do to change this dynamic? Um, it seems that we've gone too far to turn back and to be selfless and sharing with what we have. Mm. yeah it, it does it does feel like that it can feel like that but um yeah i mean because because we we're so it's so out of balance with that there's so much more need um in the world that if you keep giving keep giving keep giving you'll you'll run out basically if you you know you share all the food you've got in your cupboard and you you haven't you, you, you've got to keep replenishing it, haven't you? Otherwise, you're going to be empty. And I feel that's why, you know, this is where spirituality comes in. And this is where meditation comes in, especially that we have to fill up every day, we have to fill up and fulfill our own needs before we can fulfill others. And one of the examples I heard many, many, many years ago was the example when we we're on an aeroplane. And they do the demonstration of what happens if the cabin pressure drops down? First of all, you put the mask on yourself and then you put the mask on other people, the children. And that's such a good example because if I cut the oxygen off to myself, then I actually can't help others. So in order to be able to, to share, we have to find a way to keep our own resources, our own inner resources. And when I'm talking about abundance, I hope that you got the message that it isn't actually lots of money and big houses and lots of cars. It's actually the inner abundance. That's, and I felt that was what helped in this operation because it could have gone wrong. And I was so um, 
So in, in, the, in the early morning hours of that operation, I was uh, using my mind to make sure that, that the operating theater was filled with light and peace. And, and all the people that I was connected with this operation, I said, have you had a good breakfast? Have you had a nice, nice night's sleep? How are you feeling? You know, you're not upset or worried. You, you're all feeling quite content. And everyone I asked these questions because I, I wanted them to feel uh, in a good positive state of mind. So, you know, we can't, we, we have enough on this planet to, to, to fit it. In fact, in terms of food, we've got enough, they say that we've got enough to, 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 to feed 12 billion people and we've got eight. So some people somewhere are not allowing that to happen. But if we, if we don't work on ourselves, this is why I think abundance is so amazing that if you connect with that which is within yourself and you fill up to a certain degree, I don't think you have to be 100% full, but I think you have to be a certain percentage that you're, you're, always, you're always full to that certain percentage and you, you keep on topping up a little bit more e each day, then whoever you come into connection with, you've got something to share with them. And who knows that what, you know, where that they take that, that, that attitude or that, that, that vibration or that smile or that, that kind word, where, where that will take them on their journey to, 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 to go within and start to connect with their abundance. And I think that's, that's where we're coming from. You know, we have a statement that says, when I change the world changes. And I think this is very true. We're not trying to change the world first we're trying to change the self first and when we do that it has phenomenal effects phenomenal effects and we're seeing it you know that there's there's a lot of people in the world that are in darkness there's a lot of people in confusion but there's a lot lot more people that are connecting with light now and seeing light and appreciating light and feeling light lots lots more people so where's all that coming from it's it's people that are willing to look a bit deeper inside themselves and connect with something that's a bit more real than you know a nice car and and a house and a job and a, it's good to have those things but if we're not happy inside then what's the point really i hope that answers the question <laughs> the next question is pretty much like this previous one but maybe you have something to add as a, a skill or a tool. And the question is how to increase our levels of generosity in relationships and life in general? In terms of relationships, well, I, I feel that the, the first relationship, is, it, it comes back to the self. If I can't have a good relationship with myself, then it's very difficult to have good relationships with other people because I come from a place of neediness. And, and that's what I was meaning that, you know, when I was younger, I thought I was ugly, I wasn't loved. I, you know, I thought all these things about myself, but it was nothing to do with the outside. It was how I was within myself. And because of that, that vibration, that energy, that attitude used to push people away. Because if somebody, I, I mean, I, I haven't filmed it, but I'm sure that if somebody wanted to, to love me, 
and I didn't feel worthy of being loved, then that energy would go out and, and push them away. So I think that the, the first relationship's got to be with the self. I, I, I know that when I feel I'm really in touch with myself, which is quite a lot of the time now, and I feel quite comfortable within myself, then, then people are, are, are much, they behave much more differently with me. They're much more open and, um, and also sharing, also sharing. So I feel that it starts with, the, with this connection with oneself. If I can get myself right, then, uh, and, and I don't know any therapy other than, than, than the Brahma Kumaris or the Raj Yoga meditation. I don't know any other therapy that can do that. So I would start with, you know, getting to like yourself, getting to love yourself in a true way, not in an ego way, but to love yourself. And then people will automatically love you. Your relationships will always be easy. Linda, wow, thank you. Gosh, what a lovely evening. You've kind of broken it down and made it so accessible. I love this idea of, um, simplicity alongside um, trust for abundance. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I, I, I can see how that really does help. Um, and when you have that trust in your heart, then you don't need fear. And we've had a, a couple of years of fear quite intensely. So what a lovely way of coming out of it. Thank you. Thank you for making the time and sharing with us. Thank you. Um, Thank you, yeah. Auntie. <laughs>